Evening, folks. Uh, welcome to Trashman. Uh, we're going to do something a little different this time. Uh, once again, I'm I'm Jimbo. I'm here with Jamie, as always. Yeah. And uh, what we thought we would do uh, this morning, um, it's and it's I should say that it's March twenty fourth, uh, two thousand nineteen, uh, that we're recording this. And um, the reason we're doing something a little different is uh, because this morning, you know, we got we got news. Um, that uh, Larry Cohen had passed away at the age of 77. Uh, and Jamie had sent me a text and said, hey, we should probably just do a quick little podcast, a uh, little video, just to, to talk about his career, talk about um, you know some of the things we'd seen, what we like, what's, what's inspired us. And uh, so here we are. Um, it's going to be rough. It's not going to be one of our more polished videos. Not that our videos are necessarily polished. Um, <laughs> you'll probably have my wife walking around the background, you know, microwaving a muffin or something. I don't know, whatever the hell she does. And, um, but we're just going to roll with it. Um, if if Jamie's internet cuts out, we're just going to roll with that too. Yeah, my my internet's not doing so good today. So, you know, we're we're just we're just going to go with it and we're going to we're going to talk about um Larry Cohen, uh what we know about him, his life, his legacy, um and and maybe uh, a few of you will watch this and, and go seek out his work, because you should. Yes, absolutely. Spoiler alert, it's the Trashman. I warned you! No, and no! You know, with that, Jamie, if you want to uh, kick us off, and, and uh, why, don't yeah. you, why don't you start with telling me about uh, the first Larry Cohen movie uh, that you saw, written oh. or directed. Which, which, which one did you know? What, what was the one where you first were knew that you were watching a Larry Cohen movie and you were you uh, you know had had caught your attention? I would. I, I, it's, it's probably oh god. There's a couple actually. Um, it would probably either go the stuff mm-hmm. or uh, Maniac Cop. Now, however, Maniac Cop was produced and, and written. By Larry Cohn, and he actually did all the sequels as well. He didn't direct those; that was directed by Bill Lustig. Um, but I still could, at times, I forget that Bill Lustig directed that. And I always think it's a Larry Cohn film because of that style that Larry Cohn would bring between comedy and uh, exploitation, either action, horror, science fiction, whatnot. Um, the stuff is definitely up there. That's that's a childhood movie for me. Um, I remember seeing that movie for the first time I saw it as a kid. I didn't like it because I wanted to see basically the blob. Hmm. And I, and I thought that's what it was. And I didn't know. I was like, what is this? At the time I didn't know what satire was, but I was like, it's a, it's a satire look at, um, basically, um, food and, uh, what we eat and what we, uh, consume um product placement that sort of thing and i didn't realize that at the time i just wanted a gory horror film right yeah. um and then uh probably the next one would be it's alive mm. um i will throw down and say it's alive's a fucking great movie it is a great fucking movie um and larry Cohn also did uh, it lives again the sequel in the 70s um and then he went took him a while to make a third one and uh, he did uh, It's Alive 3, Island of the Alive, which um, was a, a deal that he did with um, the producers to do Return to Salem's Lot. So he shot Return to Salem's, Salem's Lot. He also did It's Alive 3, Island of the Alive at the same time. So he used the whole cast and crew from both films. Um, and he also used his uh, protege, uh, Michael Moriarty, who's right. uh, 
just a great actor. Larry Cohen's one of those directors that I think in the last two years or so has kind of finally gotten a little more recognition. Um, yes. The, the King Cohen, the King Cohen documentary, obviously does a lot to to kind of solidify his his place in kind of film film history. Obviously, a lot of a lot of genre fans and even um, even some big names, you know, like like Martin Scorsese and Joe Dante and and, and these directors, I think always knew about um, his work. I think only in in more recent years, people are taking it a bit more seriously. Um, and I don't mean to say that you need to take the stuff and it's alive seriously, you know, and like sit down and say like, oh, you shouldn't have fun or it's, it's meant to be, you know, a, a serious movie that we need to take seriously. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying at all. They're meant right. to be fun. But I think people have, are finally in the last two, three years have, have kind of acknowledged that, that the guy was really quite talented. Um, he wasn't just some, some schlock filmmaker, you know, trying to make a quick buck, which obviously he's a businessman too. He, he made money doing this as well. So, um, so, you know, he's a great uh, producer producing good stuff. Yeah. And I mean, in, in, I think what helps him too is above anything else, it's clear that he's a writer first, you know, um, in preparation for this, this recording, I actually watched the King Cohen documentary. Uh, today and How did you like it. That's the one I want to watch so bad. It was good. It was good. So it, you know, if I were to give my sort of pseudo, um, you know, review on it, I would probably give it three and a half cans. Um, if I was being generous, I'd give it four. Uh, the only reason being is that it's it's and this isn't a criticism. It's just a very good um, on the surface kind of documentary and it goes kind of chronologically from his early years as a writer through all pretty much all of his films and they may even touch on all of his films i can't i can't remember at least the ones he directed um, okay up up until they touch upon um his black exploitation films like bone yep hell up in harlem black caesar and all that yeah so they they touch on all of that so so okay. that's that's what i mean Good. but none of them they go into like real in-depth stuff right so that's why that's why i'm kind of in the three and a half territory it's it's really good documentary and it's a very good introduction especially for people who uh haven't really still been introduced to larry cohen it would be it would be kind of a perfect companion documentary for if they ever made like a larry cohen box set you know where they put everything together and this was sort of like the documentary that went with the blu-ray set or something it it would be kind of the perfect thing uh for that is a standalone movie it's good there was nothing in it that that blew me away but i'm trying not to be biased because i do know a little bit about my Larry Cohen history too, right? So, so I think I think for the film fan that doesn't know much about it, might actually enjoy it a little bit more than than I did. Some of it felt a little bit rinse and repeat because you've seen some of these interviews and you've seen some of this stuff in like you know the stuff Blu-rays or the It's Alive Blu-rays or you know any of the other supplemental material from from other movies, right? Um, so, but it's really good. I I, it, I I do highly recommend it, even if I just kind of give it a three and a half four. Uh, can rating so but definitely worth worth checking out you can find it on shutter currently if you're a subscriber there you can buy it or rent it from all of your major streaming services and of course it's on blu-ray did they talk about like um the episode of masters of horror that he directed they off and yeah they even go into that as well the pick me up episode so which is uh one of the that may be the last thing he directed actually wasn't it it was the last thing he directed okay. was the it was the what was it called the pickup or something like yeah. that. Yeah, pick me up is what is what the the okay. episode was called, and, and of course it has Michael Moriarty once again. 
um, and that is is a truck driver. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a good episode. It's one of it's one of it's one of my I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's it's one of the better ones from from season one, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It is one of the better ones. So um, the documentary is funny because it talks about how nervous he was because you know he hadn't been directed in a while and he was kind of nervous to come back, but you know obviously he did just fine. His gift and I think his talent was really uh, to to come up with like these concepts, uh, you know, and so he's probably just got notes and scripts of all sorts of interesting ideas uh, of things that that you know if if the the family ever you know, sold any of that stuff, the spec scripts, you know, there's probably maybe even, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of, of possible stories, you know, sitting in his, in his home office, you know, you never know. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like how Stephen King can like crank out, uh, you know, a a book, you know, he can kind of crank out a, a script and, and a story. That was one of his greatest talents. And I think that's what helped him as a producer and as a director, because he's maybe not the best director, but what 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 you know about him, uh, you know, from his filmography, really is kind of like those high concept, strange ideas that he did, uh, like Q, you know, another one where it's about a giant Q the winged serpent. Yeah, it's that's a strange one too. Mm-hmm. It's good though. David Carradine's in it. Yeah, Michael Moriarty. It's it's very well, very very well made movie. Yeah. What was I gonna say? The documentary did cover uh, some of his latter stuff that I never saw. So I never saw uh, movies like uh, Phone Booth that he wrote, the Joel, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, he just wrote that one, and that's that was a big one for him. That got him back on the map for a while. Yeah. Um, he did that. He then he wrote Cellular, and then he wrote um, oh, what the hell is that one movie? Uh, they cut. It, it was kind of like a torture, one of those torture porn ones when Saw and. Uh, Hostel was real big. Captivity, I think it was called. Oh yeah, I did see it, and the movie is garbage. It's, it's <laughs> crap. Well, I mean, he's written a ton of stuff, and so right. you know, like um, uh, one of Bill. What was Bill Lustig's last directorial movie? Uncle Sam. Um. Oh, Uncle Sam. I think it was Uncle Sam, which Larry Cohn did write. Yeah. So yeah. So there's 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 a number of things that that he's yeah, got. Sam he's got his hands in that, um, that may not be the best movie, but again, it, it, um, it shows how, how much impact he really kind of did have in kind of independent film. Um, right. And, and, and all of that. So, um, one of the interesting things about him as a director, um, is in the King Cohen documentary, they talk about, how he is the master or how he was the master of uh, stealing a shot, stealing a scene, you know, running and gunning in New York city, um, putting his actor like in the middle of people and just like go and, and pretty crazy stuff, stuff you couldn't get away with today. Right. Like uh, right. People, people walking in the middle of, of, of downtown traffic in New York and, and someone dressed as a police officer walking up and shooting someone and then, you know, running off or whatever. You know, and then the actor there, like writhing around on the ground or whatever, and 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 then today, you know, with with the fear of terrorism and everything, yeah, you know, it's you, tough. You would now. get your ass <laughs> beat, you know, um, and arrested, um, you know. But they talk he about. Did that, I, think, I think he did that in um, uh, God told me to. Mm-hmm. I think he did a bunch of that. 
actually running around shooting police officers and running away. Well, I mean, they talk stuff. about they talk about it in 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 pretty. It sounds like pretty nearly every single one of his his earlier movies. They they do that in in some way, shape, or form. You know, um, Fred Williamson's talking about even his movies. You know, running through an airport and you know Larry's like, I'll just run up the the baggage. You know claim ramp and you know they go running up there and they're like oh that looks great okay now let's let's fight over here and people are just kind of like standing back like what the fuck's going on you know um and and that makes for great stories but i had a thought when i was watching it about you know how completely irresponsible all of that is and how how absolutely lucky he is because it's funny to talk about it now because no one got hurt but imagine if someone did get hurt, you know, and how different his life would have been if someone had gotten hit right. by a car or if someone had, you know, uh, you know, died. You know, one of the stories they're talking about is when they were shooting uh, Q, the winged serpent, you know, was was they were, you know, shooting all this machine gun fire at, at the top of um, uh, what building was the top of it was it the Chrysler building. They don't have permits. No one knows they're doing it. The cops are going crazy. Um, not only that, but like the machine gun, um, blank casings are falling off the side of the building. You know, I mean, just imagine if one of those had gone through someone's skull, you know, his entire career would have been (laughs) changed forever. Right. And so, you know, we talk about it now, uh, and, and sort of laugh about it, but you know, at, you know, I, I think about it and I'm just like how absolutely reckless, you know, that, that is, um, right. That's pretty ballsy. So, you know, even though we can kind of laugh about it now, I'm also kind of like, it's, that's not something to, to emulate either. Um, so that's, that's the one thing, that's the one thing in, when I think about how he directed films and, and, and his body of work, I'm like, eh, that's not something, you know, we should probably emulate as, is a, uh, is, is a top quality <laughs> of, no. Of, of his. Well, you gotta remember, he's, he's also a producer, right. so he's probably thinking, oh, I can take money on um, permits right oh. now, but I just, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> just run over and shoot this. <laughs> the one thing I do appreciate about him is that independent spirit. Um, you know, when I do watch his interviews, when I do watch um, his movies, I do get a sense of like, you know, what what, what is stopping an independent filmmaker from, from making your movie except yourself you know i mean he he definitely has kind of that that inspirational story that it's like you know what if your resources are limited you know write that script you know start shooting scenes you know just just get it done you know um yeah there's going to be obstacles in the way but at the same time it's like find find creative solutions um you know work through it um one of the funnier things they they talk about in in some of the interviews i've seen with him is how he especially in his earlier work never planned anything how he would just uh, get on set and just start working, and that confused some people because they were used to like all this pre-planning. But Cohen was always like, "Why plan for it? Everything's going to change anyways. So why the hell would I even spend the time planning for it when we're just going to change everything anyways?" I never met him. I know you did. I know, yeah. I know you met him. You got his autograph, uh, but I never met him, so I, I can only kind of guess. But he st- always struck me from his interviews as a guy who. Um, was was very interested in doing things his way and his concept, but he would he could get bored with something very easily, um, you know. So like he he wouldn't be the kind of writer that would ever stick around long enough for like a TV series. He might like the idea of developing a TV show and kind of letting it go, but then would want to go do something else. 
Um, he never. Uh, which is funny because he started with TV. Though. No. He started with the uh, TV series The Invaders in the '60s, and that was I think that was just a couple seasons. But that that's the one that got him through the door. But he never did go back to doing another series. Mm. That was that was his claim to fame. Then he went on and. I think he started writing for some westerns. I know he did a Return of the Magnificent Seven and and so forth. And then he got into uh, It's Alive, and from there it kind of took off. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's you're right because you can see that it's almost like a little bit ADD, maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> just a touch. That I could see that him getting bored. And then here it is, the autograph of uh, It Lives Again, It's Alive Three, Island of the Alive, which I was just watching and. Um, I was talking to our, our friend Sean, and uh, he said he never saw It's Alive 3. And I'm like, yeah, Sean, it's not that good. I was like, it's a little 280s. doesn't have that spirit from the 70s as the other two. Watch it again. I'm like, well, I'm, I might take back what I said. I think It's Alive 3 is actually a, a pretty fun, decent movie. It's got a great cast, too. Yeah, Garrett Graham is in it. It's like a lot of his uh, uh, same actors he always uses. And the effects are are decent decent makeup effects and they're go- it's gory as shit mm-hmm. so um and you get to see these little babies now becoming teenagers and you know how that goes it's just more insanity and more violent it, it's a decent flick it's, it's definitely worth checking out i actually have a text here um i was talking to uh, our buddy nick today and uh we were discussing how we, how we met uh larry cohen mm-hmm. uh for about 10, 10, 12 years ago, and it was for a writing course at my buddy John's store, Horribles, and we were talking about it, and Nick wrote here, he says um, that he tried to follow a template for what Larry Cohen was talking to us. He tried to follow that same template for his script, and it worked. He's a basically simple idea, make each scene about one thing and get into the story as quick as possible. And if you watch Larry Cohen films, that's exactly what it is. You know the story. You know exactly what you're getting into right from the get-go. Right. And that's what makes this film so unique and fun and interesting. You don't get bored watching his movies. At least I don't. Right. None of his, none of his films will ever feel boring or dull. Let's. Um, I'd love to talk to you about the Maniac Cop movies, Jim. Sure. Um, since you and I are fans of the series... Um, I got my Blu-rays right here, all signed by Bill Lustig, nice. right here. Um, the Maniac Cop films, I think, are absolutely awesome. Um, big fan of these of the series, and supposedly, what Larry Cohen and Bill Lustig are, you know, good friends, mm-hmm. and supposedly they're trying to come up with an idea, a treatment for uh, a movie, and as a joke. I believe it was Larry Cohen that said, he goes, how about a, how about a movie where the cop is insane? And he says something like, and the tagline could be, um, uh, you have the right to remain silent forever. And they just started laughing and thought it was great. And they're like, wait a minute, let's, let's write this. So, um, the Mania Cop series is, is a great, check out this cast, this cast rules. All right. Ready? So you got starring role, Bruce Campbell, you got Tom Atkins, you got Richard Roundtree, you got uh, Lorraine Landon, William Smith. I mean, this this cat, Robert Zadar, of course, Robert Zadar, um, late Robert Zadar, and directed by Bill Lustig, who's just coming off of Maniac Cop uh, and Jelani. And then you got Larry Cohen. Right there, you're like, okay, this is going to be awesome. And it's one of those movies where you're like, yeah, it's awesome. It's action packed. It's violent. 
It's scary. First time I ever saw it was HBO late at night. I just got done watching um, Return of the Living Dead for the first time. And it was right back to back. It was Return of the Living Dead and Maniac Cop. Which, oh my god, can you imagine if HBO still did shit like that? Um, Alright, going back, Maniac Cop 2. Okay, so Maniac Cop 2 has got the most badass scene, and it is completely ripped off from the Terminator, but when you're watching it, you don't give a shit, because it's awesome. Um, it's a scene where the cop walks into a police station and just starts wasting everyone with all these guns. It is so action-packed and awesome, the way it was directed by Bill Lustig, and it's such a cool scene. Um... You also got in that movie Robert Davey, you got Bruce Campbell coming back, uh, Michael Lerner, uh, again, Lori Landon, Robert Zadar, Clarence William III, Leo Rossi. It's an awesome flick. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Not to mention, I got to bring this up. It does have the Maniac Cop rap song at the end. So goddamn early 90s. Um, it's a terrible fucking song. I don't know what they're thinking of, but it's still hilarious to me. Um, rounding it out um, is Maniac Cop 3 Badge of Silence and I think the less said about Badge of Silence the better but it does have a pretty awesome um, if you're into stunts you like stunt work it's got a really cool stunt at the end of a guy on fire for like 20 minutes this guy's constantly on fire and it's a car chase so in hindsight it's actually pretty badass so yeah. it's worth checking just for that he did an awesome black exploitation film that is so over or under it's overlooked in his filmography, mm. and that is Original Gangsters. Oh yeah, it's a stupid title. It is a dumb title, and one of the few that he didn't write and direct. Yeah, I think he he just directed that. Correct. Right. Yeah, he did a little yeah. he did a little writing to kind of clean up the script a little bit, but he didn't take film film credit for it. Um, uh, but anyways, go on. Go on with your rant. I don't mean to so, cut you off. I saw that in the theater on opening day, and I was dying to see this movie. And it was the same day the movie Twister opened up. <laughs> and I literally remember finishing a final. It's, you know, it's May. Finishing a final and going to the movie theater on my own, by myself, to see Original Gangsters. Because I knew no one wanted to see this movie, and it tanked. It was bombed. Right. But it's a really good movie. It's an awesome movie. You got Robert Forster's in it. Mm. You got Pam Greer, Fred Williamson, Richard Roundtree, Ronald Neal's in it. I mean, it's, right. it's awesome. It's shot, a great movie. Shot it's in Gary, movie. Indiana, too. Yes, yes. It's also got Wheezy from the Jeffersons in yeah. it. Paul Williams. It's an awesome movie. It's It's got a lot of action and everything, but... um. I really dug it, and I made sure I came back home after that movie, and a couple hours later, I went with all my friends to see Twister. You know what? Original Gangsters is ten times better than that piece of shit Twister. All right, but that goes that goes with what I said. There's a, a varied a varied filmography there, right? So it's it's right. I kind of throw out the question of like where do you start? But there's so many different things you could start with. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going for horror. I go, it's alive. Hmm. Um, I think my personal favorite's the stuff. I think, I think that's my personal. It, favorite. Nice. Okay, it's a good yeah. one. It's just, it's, it's, it's go- It's funny. It's goofy. It's strange. Larry Cohn, uh, rest in peace, man. You were awesome. I'm glad I got a chance to meet you. Um, and I still remember shaking his hand and getting a picture with it. And he goes, "What is this? A film deal, or something like that?" He said something like, "What are we making a deal here?" Um, He's an all-around good guy. He was cool.
Better watch out when you hear that sound. It means that the maniac cops around. Once upon a time, he was a super cop, but the bad guys him to make him stop. They put him in prison when they tried to kill him. But he broke out, now he's the villain. Bullets won't hurt him. I know it sounds like Jai, but when I sure if he's dead or alive. Ugh, smells like trash men media around here.